1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain. But we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe.
0: Hey there! Welcome to Binge the Bucks, a special narrative podcast series focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks' 2019 playoff run and part of the Eurostep podcast, which is brought to you today by BetOnline.ag. I'm Ty Windish, and I'm here with Rohan Kadi to break down Game 2 in the third series in this playoff run, a 125-103 win over the Toronto Raptors in Milwaukee. Rohan, the Bucks rolled here, and this, I couldn't even believe the stats. After I watched this game again and looked back at the stats, I thought the Bucks were going to have hit like 55% of their threes or something. They only hit 31% of their threes and still rolled like this. What was going on in this game?
2: I don't know, it seemed like both teams uh, were sort of on one, but in completely opposite directions. Toronto did not seem like they could get anything going initially uh, up until that third quarter. And then Milwaukee just seemed to have just random players going off, I'm sure as we'll talk about. The second quarter had a big performance from a role player. So it's just it seemed like just a game of randomness that didn't really sort of indicate how each team was sort of feeling within this series, but it ended up being in Milwaukee's favor.
0: Yeah, this one, looking back, I'd kind of forgotten how great this win was, and, and rewatching it brought me back to, I actually remember where I was when I watched this game. I was with some buddies at a bar in Oshkosh, and we had a bunch of wings. We were just eating wings, drinking beers, and watching this game. And I was freaking screaming, Rohan. Like This game was so much fun, and I forgot the player you alluded to. I was screaming about him just in disbelief, I think. Let me guess. Are you talking about Ersan Ilyasova? Yes. <laughs> I, what's his, what was his complete line? I don't have the line in front of me. I have so um, many Ersan notes written down, especially in that second quarter. But my goodness, did Ersan have he himself had a game.
2: 17 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals.
0: Well, do you have the shooting splits?
2: On 7 of 11 shooting uh, <laughs> up from the field, two, 2 of 5 from 3.
0: So we literally, in the first game, had the Brook Lopez game. The second game, we had the Irsan Ilyasova game. What a way to start this series. Kind of belying how messed some of the other bucks were in this game, I feel like. But not all of them. And I don't know. Like, I think the cynics view looking back, you could certainly say... It did a disservice to the Bucks the fact that they had these two guys play so so drastically above their level. But I, I think I'm more of a realist point of view. And when I say this was just something that you should accept gleefully and then figure out how you're going to win the next game, assuming you won't get a performance like that again from either of those guys. I mean, that's just like found money, and I think it makes it a little bit more... In a way, it makes it more frustrating. I mean, clearly some of these big games, as I'm sure we'll talk about in this pod and even more in, in Game 3 and beyond, it kind of glosses over some of the the inequities of the Bucks, especially on offense, but as a team as a whole. But still, it almost makes it more frustrating and makes this series feel more like a lost opportunity in that you do get these huge moments from these role players. and you I mean, at least Brooke is a role player on offense, and they really feel kind of squandered right now.
2: Yeah, I would have to uh, like what you were saying about uh, you know you kind of you kind of can't rely on these role players. It's that happens to every team every postseason. Like you could say the same thing about the Raptors. I'm sure we'll get into this in later pods, but it's like where would the Raptors be without big performances from like Norm Powell and Fred VanVleet? Yeah, like, it, it's just what happens, and you have to you have to have those sort of players on your side, and like when they do. Uh, Show up for your team like they did for Milwaukee with Brook and now with Urson, it it goes back to what you were saying about like it it feels like more of a lost opportunity.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, do you have anything else you want to cover before we jump into the first quarter here?
2: Uh, well, it was just it was just sort of like a game where the Bucks really needed to prove themselves because, as we discussed on the last episode, they did not really deserve that win in Game One. So it was their chance to really assert their dominance in the series and sort of show uh, Toronto and I guess maybe themselves who they are Uh, because they didn't, they kind of had to grind out and luck into a win and because Toronto choked in game one, they sort of had to say like, hey, we can can have a win of our own that's like from our own power that we're going to destroy you from the moment we step foot on the court.
0: Yeah, no, it was very healthy and I think, the way that the game started made it even better for the Bucks because early on, it was Giannis asserting himself. And this obviously comes after, as we covered Giannis having his best moments of his playoff life in that Boston series. It was great to see him start this game on his own personal run. I mean, he follows up a miss and dunks it. He blocks Mark Gasol nastily. He dunks again. Um, and then Nico Mirtich gets involved when... Uh, Giannis kind of misses a three. Nico goes on a little run himself. The Bucks start out with a 9-0 lead, and it's pretty rare for a 9-0 lead to set the tone. I mean, we've seen bigger runs than that to start a game that kind of get neutralized pretty quickly, but for once, like, that early run was actually pretty indicative of how this game was going to go.
2: Yeah, previously, like, uh, we had seen Bucks opponents get out to big leads, and then uh, the Bucks would have to clock uh, excuse me, claw and fight their way back and get sort of make it a close game before they take over later like especially in like every game against the Cel- uh, against the <laughs> yeah. Celtics. Um, but that wasn't really the case here. Uh, Milwaukee they got out to an early lead and they kind of they didn't give it up at all. They kind of kept their foot on the gas and sort of kept pushing and pushing so that there was no chance for Toronto to make a comeback in this game. Like you said, nine zero run early in the first quarter. That doesn't. That usually doesn't mean anything in the uh, grand scheme of the entire game. But in this case, it did because it it allowed Milwaukee to sort of pounce early and then just never give it up.
0: No, definitely. And I think the it wasn't it wasn't all threes in that run. I mean, there was just one three uh, I think in it with, from Nico Miritich, but. Um, I think the 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 important part of this this lead for the Bucks was all all of the Bucks were really it seemed like all of them I, I looked back and it wasn't all of them but a number of Bucks were very confidently pulling from three and just draining threes. Nico Mirotic is first I think he hits a couple initially. Chris Chris Middleton's hitting some. Ersan starts to hit some in this quarter although the second quarter was really when Ursan uh, got nuts, and Malcolm Brogdon, I think he went perfect on the day, two, or at least at one point. Two or two from three two in the first two. first quarter. Yeah, so all of the guys you would hope would be who are hitting threes are hitting threes, and then you even get some extra, and like the Ursan and, and sort of the Nico Miritich. But one thing I did note, and this is something that is actually a, it's not something I really remember from watching it live. It's more of a rewatch thing. The Bucks' transition defense was terrible in this game, and it carried over. I mean... Bucks, and this was really Giannis in particular, it seemed like. After a make, Kyle Lowry runs down the field, or not the field. Uh, I've been watching too much All-American. Kyle Lowry's running down the court, and he gets the ball, kind of like running, but it's still like it was after a Bucks make. He beats everybody back for an easy two. And it's like this is not the kind of thing you can let happen, especially in the playoffs. And you know what it reminded me of? We haven't talked about our Discord in a while. Shouts out to the Eurogroup Discord. A little little quiet this, this time of year, which does make sense. But uh, a Plunder, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he's always, always on the Bucks for not executing fundamentals and things like that. And it reminded me of that. I and mean, this was something the Bucks did poorly in this series. And some of these games end up being close and those few possessions can make a big difference. It was frustrating to see like Kyle Lowry should not be able to beat your entire team back down the floor after a make. Like you just cannot let that happen in the first quarter of a playoff game,
2: it was it just happened time and time again where you start to wonder like how do you not realize this is happening and sort of, you know, take that into consideration when you're in the game. Like if you if you uh, have a make, how do you not get back on Kyle Lowry after he keeps burning you possession after possession, getting back on defense? I just I don't know. I I don't understand it at all. Which it doesn't make much sense for like a team that's sort of like. The message that the coaching staff puts out is you need to like make sure you're playing fundamental basketball. Like it's always like, oh, you come. uh, Budenholzer comes from the Spurs system, which emphasizes these sort of fundamental basketball plays, and then it's just the Bucks just completely fall apart in these sort of situations, and that just
0: I don't know, it flabbergasts me. Me too, especially when you consider it's not like. They, like, they don't always have Brook Lopez down under the basket. I mean, he spends a decent amount of time on the perimeter. Like, I don't know how these guys are so unable to get back, especially the way they play on offense. It's very frustrating. But still, despite that that one play, on the whole, the Bucks did kind of seem to blitz the Raptors, although Toronto does keep it relatively close. I believe it's 25-21 first quarter in favor of the Bucks. Do you have any other first quarter 35-21. Oh, I knew I had a typo. That felt way too close. 35-21. Thank you, as always, my number one fact checker. <laughs> Do you have anything else on this first quarter? Uh,
2: Well, aside from their transition defense, their half-court defense was actually doing very well, the Bucs. They, you know, even though Toronto managed to score like 21 points isn't a lot for them, especially against such a potent offense like the Raptors, it it was amazing to see. Well, I guess you could sort of say that part of the credit goes to Toronto sort of not getting into a rhythm and sort of missing their shots. But... Part of the credit has to go to the Bucks defense in that regard.
0: No, absolutely. And I think what's interesting, and this is a first, I just have the numbers for the first half, not the first quarter, but, um, I and mean, we'll jump into the second quarter now. The Bucks win this one by 11, 29, 18, correct? Yes. Okay, good. Um, so the Bucks, you know, carry a big lead in a halftime. It's a lot of the same. Ersan goes absolutely bonkers. Uh, the three he hits fading away, like out of bounds, is just. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like, <laughs> nothing you can do if you're told I mean, he's, he's literally... Post, he's posting he's, up players, too. Yeah, like, just anything he wanted, he was getting the He was
2: getting right the... Now. He got the patented deli steal and score. <laughs>
0: he did. One of my notes was just, Ersan is stunting right now.
2: Yeah, Like, yes. the Raptors
0: were starting to tighten it up a little bit, and then Ersan's just like, no, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, I just... I don't understand. Has Ersan ever played a better quarter as a Milwaukee Buck? Or any quarter ever?
0: I'd have to look, maybe it's close. I'd I'd say certainly not in the playoffs.
2: Like is this, I, that, best this must be the best or, as a Milwaukee this has to
0: be Ursan's best game ever, right? I would I would assume so.
2: I mean, maybe not his best like scoring output, but he just destroyed a team that ended up winning
0: the title. Right in in the conference finals. Yeah, like I'm sure Ursan's had like thirty point games or whatever, but like to do it in a conference finals game and actually be like a big difference maker, wild, just absolutely wild stuff. But, so, the, obviously this first half, the Bucks win big. Kawhi didn't play that poorly. Kawhi only scores 11, which isn't a ton, but he, he shoots 4 for 5 from the field. Like, even if he had scored 20, the Raptors would still be down a significant amount. And this is something that I remember screaming about at the time, and I haven't changed my stance at all from... I mean, we're only... We have a few more games to watch, but um, not that many more, unfortunately. But... um the Bucs just it feels like got too afraid of him. Like, I don't think Kawhi Leonard working on Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon over and over again for twos, I don't think that was going to beat the Bucks in a seven-game series. I really don't. But we'll get into it more later. It happens more later. But my goodness, did they send so many players from all over the universe to go try and bother him, and it just leaves Everybody wide open when you go look at this game. Like, even if he scores 20, the Bucks win this quarter huge, and they weren't even shooting that well from three on the whole. Like, just oh, it's a frustrating thing. I mean, you look at three point shooters, everybody outside of Chris, Nico, Brogdon, and Urson was 0 for 8 combined in this game. So, it's I, I don't know,
2: yeah. It's just it goes back to the issue it's just is it over helping like. Yeah, it is overhelping. I would have to agree with you on that. Because you're just, like you said, you're leaving every other Raptors player wide open because you're doubling Kawhi in mid-range. I just, I don't understand how this team, in the way that they play, where they are willing to concede mid-rangers for, like, to protect the three-point line and the rim. I don't know how they just completely abandon that philosophy in one series. And for one player. I don't
0: understand that at all. Especially after this game. Yeah. Where Kawhi doesn't play poorly, but you roll. Like, it's just ridiculous. But anyway, um, I'm trying to get other second quarter stuff. Um, Brogdon continues his perfect three point shooting. George Hill has a really nice take. Guys are hitting threes. It's just, it's it was pretty classic Bucks ball. Um, except you'd like to see a little bit more from Giannis, but still, I mean, the ball was moving. That's another thing. The ball moved a lot in this game, which is a very healthy, good thing for the Bucks. And when that stops happening, bad things usually happen. But again, a very easy Bucks quarter. Again, very much tightened up on defense, only allowing 18 points in the quarter. More of this would have been nice.
2: Yeah, it was even like you. It was like what you were saying earlier. You have role players going off, but like you're still winning, but your stars aren't really giving you much. Like in that second quarter, uh, Giannis, Chris, and Bledsoe combined for one field
0: goal made. How many attempts did they
2: have? Uh, seven.
0: Oh, oh. Giannis went
2: one for two. Chris went zero for two, and Bledsoe went zero for three. Urson had five field goals out of six imagine if that happened with the stars going off yeah that's just I mean I know they win this game big but it's just sort of you have to take what's given to you and sort of roll with it you can't have your star players just get absolutely decimated on the defense like offensive end excuse me and then just not really make any sort of adjustment to try to and get them easier. Because you're not going to get Ursan giving you 17 points in a game every single game. He can give it to you. You're, you're lucky he gives it to you once. And then and yeah, you're with super the stakes
0: like this, yes, if you get one game like this, you should be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You we should got just an be Ursan game in the conference finals. Yes, yeah, so. you
2: should get. You should be grateful that you got an Ursan game. You shouldn't expect another Ursan game and not make any adjustments to try to make life for your stars easier.
0: Right, and that's the thing. Like, you watch. I, I do it the most with Chris, but it applies to Giannis for sure as well they had a hard time getting comfortable when things weren't flowing to them within, like, the motion offense because there was, like, there's no really designed way for them to do so. I mean, you look at, we'll see more in Game 3. The Game 3 pod's going to be full of stuff. I keep saying how much more we're going to talk about in Game 3, but, like, th- like, you don't see, like, stuff, like, coming together for Chris to run a play or anything. Like, it's just, like, I- it just felt so much like you're either taking a three or you're driving when you get the ball or that's, like, it. Like that's there weren't a ton of options. It was like almost too free flowing in the fact that, like, when things did get gummed up, especially for those guys, it's like they like what 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 do they do? Like they didn't, there was no plan B. Really know? Yeah, it was like it was like well, I hope somebody starts making some shots or something because that would be good.
2: They leaned too much into
0: the Rockets' philosophy. Yeah, just like the well, yeah, I would say the the pre-KD Warriors' philosophy. Or to be even more precise, the Hawks philosophy of just, like, let the ball move around until you get the right shot. But at at a high enough level with good enough defenses, those things start to get taken away. Also, it's just, like, it's asking a lot of role players if the system doesn't weigh, like, the stars getting possessions more.
2: Yeah, especially when you have, like, uh, you have the opposing stars playing significant amount of minutes so you can't really rely on bench players going out there like in the yeah. first quarter I think uh Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam played the entire quarter and then Kawhi paid, played nine minutes and then in the second quarter Kawhi plays like 10 and a half minutes Siakam plays like eight Lowry plays like eight so they're out there for a majority of the like the entire half and then you have like Giannis playing i Chris playing like seven minutes in the second quarter oblet I mean, would play 9 minutes in the first quarter so you're still getting you're getting a little bit but it's still not even compared like comparative to what your opponent is doing so you can't really have bench players going out there against your opponent's starters and expecting good things to happen for those bench players
0: no especially in an environment like this where any little weakness is just going to get picked apart especially by a coach like Nick Nurse but okay so we will uh, we're so critical you can tell that we we clearly have looked ahead and we know what's coming both in Game 3, which we record these two at a time, so we're going to do the Game 3 pod right after this one, uh, and and as a whole, but I think especially the fact that we watched both Game 2 and Game 3 kind of takes a little bit of the fun away from Game 2. But we will get right back to the second half of this game, which is, despite our, our tone so far, this is a bunch of blowout. But first, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on, but you, sir or madam, would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 Sims that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, and all completely online. Use promo code BlueWire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering solution. As we head into the third quarter, here Rohan, and again, I feel like we should maybe try to have a little bit more fun. Uh, this is kind of our last chance to do so for a few pods. Uh, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks lose this one. Excuse me. The Raptors come out big and score 39 points. Obviously, their their highest scoring quarter by a lot. Win the quarter, 39 to 31. What were your uh, big takeaways from this third quarter?
2: Well, Kawhi sort of started to put the team on his back. I think he scored, like, what was it, 10 points in a row for Toronto? 10 or 12?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so.
2: To just, like, cut into the lead because it was, like, what, a 25-point lead at halftime? Um, for, it sounds right, um, yeah. In favor of the Bucks, And so the Raptors had to come out early in this third quarter and sort of, you know, get it back to, you know, within a manageable range if they had any chance to win this game. So Kawhi comes out here and scores like 15 points in the quarter. Uh, I think uh, off the back of our last pod, I think we are realizing that NBA stats, uh, the page is kind of broken because it's saying Kawhi played 12 minutes and 15 seconds in this quarter, (laughs) uh, which is not possible. Uh, So correct me if I'm wrong in saying that he did score 15 points in the third quarter. But yeah, it was just sort of him coming out and sort of taking charge of this Raptors team. No one else could really get anything going, so he he came out and he took the mantle and went out and scored points when they needed it.
0: Yeah. some some Just some notes to go. I think that's a perfect summation of the quarter, Rohan. Just some things to go with that. This quarter starts great. Uh, Giannis gets an and-one immediately. He, great to see him aggressive immediately coming out of halftime. Um, I was shocked to see Pascal Siakam take Brook Lopez to the paint and actually get over him and win for the bucket. That does not feel like something we'd see this year. Um, but it, it did happen. At one point, Bledsoe beats Kyle Lowry uh, on a drive, and Lowry immediately turns around and, and starts complaining to one of his teammates for not being there, which kind of made me laugh. I mean, <laughs> if this series went a different way, the Kyle Lowry would be looked at a whole different way. But um, that's neither here nor there. The reps do get close, closer. Kawhi, I, I just, I had so many Kawhi notes. He got um, a
2: lot of fouls in his favor.
0: Yeah, he he got a lot of fouls in his favor for sure. He also did some, I, I put down, he got some really weak fouls for playoff basketball, like just very incidental contact, which that, that really stunk, but he did make some just really nice shots as well. One interesting point, probably more than halfway through this quarter, the Bucks or the Raptors get the lead down to 13. So a 13-point lead with a couple minutes left in the third quarter is far from safe, and the Bucks get a bucket on the very next possession. Very interesting to me to see that they actually end up working the ball on the post to Brooke Lopez, who gets it in, which does not happen a ton in this entire playoff run, but it was interesting to me that in that situation that ended up being what happened. And, and then the Bucks defense tightened up a little. They got moving in transition again and built the lead back up, back to about 20 points.
2: Yeah, it, it, it sort of felt like a little bit of... Uh back and forth in the quarter like the the Raptors took the yeah. first half of the quarter then the Bucks came out and it's like sort of like okay you know what that was cute we're going to go take it right back. Uh Giannis was big in the second uh, half of the third quarter. He had eight points in the quarter. He only he did play like 10 minutes but it didn't seem like he was very active in the entire game until you know the latter half of the third quarter. So yeah. he started to really, you know, bring it home after it, it, was, it was a back and forth between like the two alphas. Like Kawhi came out, and like I said, he was like, okay, I need to get the Raptors back into this game. And then Giannis came out, and he was like, okay, this is my team. I'm going to make sure that we're still dominating this entire game. It was, it was a back and forth game between those two alphas, and Giannis ended up on top.
0: He did. So a couple more notes from this quarter. Lol at Jody Meeks hitting the last bucket of the quarter, a crazy buzzer-beating floater. Yeah, uh, um, for the what third game in a row that like a shot like that has been hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's like this is a this is a wild series.
2: Yeah, because we had that. Was that Pascal Siakam uh, one in game? Yeah, that was yeah game one. So
0: yes, yeah. yeah, So the and second then, game in a row. Sorry, I feel like. There might, it might be a longer streak if you go back to the Celtics series. Because, like, Pat C hit a buzzer beater in one quarter. Oh, yeah. and I think a Celtic did in, like, the game. Or, no, maybe Pat hit two in a row. Maybe he did. Well, a lot of buzzer beating shots for the Bucks this, this run. Some good, some not so good.
2: Yeah, but, like, um, the, for sure the second one in a row for this series.
0: Yeah, which is just like, what the hell? Um, Giannis, with an absolutely savage and, like, how low-key it was block on Fred Van Vliet... FVV trying to drive anywhere around Giannis very poor decision and Giannis like does the opposite of jumps he like has to reach down to block it he's I, just that's, like
2: that's one thing I don't get I don't understand why guards think they can take Giannis when he's on the perimeter they act like he's no. any other big right like that do you know what I'm talking about when I say the play where Iman Shumpert against the Kings uh, he tries to take Giannis from the perimeter drives to the basket and then just gets so. swatted it was this la- it was last season
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I feel like I do.
2: Like, a monster gets isolated with Giannis on the perimeter, and he's like, oh, I got this. I can take this. (laughs) And then he just, like, drives. Like, he he gets a step on Giannis, then he goes to the basket and just gets swatted away. He has to, like, look back and, like, realize, oh, wait, what just happened? The ball didn't go in? It's just, (laughs) I don't know why guards think they can do that.
0: You know, sometimes I think Giannis lets guards get a step on him on purpose.
2: See, okay, see, I'm going to admit an embarrassing story on the pod. Uh, oh. So I was playing uh, pickup basketball one v one versus this one guy, uh, like one of my friends. And he, was he honest? No, it was not. Unfortunately, oh. he was significantly better than me, uh, and he tried to do that exact same thing. He would uh, he would let me drive past him so he could try to get the chase down block.
0: Did he? Yes. How many times uh, did you get stuffed a lot? Yeah, or? like three times in a row. Oh, he yeah, was rough. I don't know why. I just admitted that. What's your like? What's your pickup game comp? Jr.
2: Okay, so you're just you're pulling. I'm pulling, and if it's off, it's terrible. But if it's on, you're not you're not winning.
0: Is that your is that your DM comp as well?
2: No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs>
0: you trying to get the pod? Yeah. Oh uh, uh, okay. Mine, my, I'll, I'll admit mine as well. I'm not very good at most things. Like I'm terrible at one on ones. Like I really cannot create shots. So like worse especially defensively, but still okay-ish like Draymond. Like, I move the ball actually pretty well. Like, I can defend in the post. I'm decent on the perimeter defending. I'm kind of gritty, but, like, not a great shot, not really able to beat anybody off the bounce unless they're pretty damn bad or small. Even then, like, I'm not, not really great in the post. Like, I'm not like DeMarcus Cousins out here. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not great at that much. <laughs> Hey, but I'm a good teammate. Yeah, you got play. Big motivator. Yeah, play your role. You know, excelling. Calling out coverages.
2: That's how players get in the NBA.
0: <laughs> Not me. Um, oh no. Well, I'm glad we just got to laugh a little bit because one of the plays that frustrated me the most was in this quarter. Oh, what was it? A Norm Powell three. So Kawhi is running a pick and roll with Serge Ibaka. Giannis is covering Serge Ibaka. Brogdon is covering Kawhi. And Nico Miritich is quote unquote guarding Norm Powell. And this play was so inexplicable, but it would be such a good example of things to come. And by good, I mean bad. It was bad for the Bucks. So Kawhi's running this pick and roll, and Brogdon and Giannis handle it pretty well. I mean, like, Kawhi's sort of getting a corner on Brogdon. Giannis still has Serge Ibaka pretty much handled. And, like, Kawhi might get a look at the basket. He might not. Like, Giannis might get over. Whatever. Like, it's a pretty standard pick and roll. Nico just, like, inexplicably continues to drop, drop, drop. But he's not even involved in it. Like, Norm is just standing in the perimeter. And Nico Miratis just, like, drops. And all of a sudden, he's, like, literally just level with Giannis. Like, they're just standing next to each other. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And Kawhi's just like, oh, cool. Pops it over to Norm Powell, who hits the wide-open three. Like, Nico tries to close. It's absolutely worthless. And that's exactly the kind of play that drove me crazy from the series. Because, like, it just wasn't necessary. Like, make... Kawhi work for his two points over and over and over again like if Kawhi gets two points fine it's two points you cannot give up these great looks from three you just can't and there was no reason to but of course Nico Miritich on defense not known for making you go oh that was a good idea and well executed
2: yeah I don't know how else to respond to that but just getting frustrated
0: (laughs) i just Just why man just why there's
2: no reason why that should have happened or continued to happen uh in a situation like the eastern conference finals where you can study the tape and realize hey maybe maybe i shouldn't do that and give up wide open threes like maybe that's not a thing that we should do if we want to win this series if we wanted to lose that series, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. If you're trying to win, I don't know what on earth you're doing.
0: And, you know, I'm not going to trace it all to this one play in this one bucket, but... It's indicative of what happens in the entire series. Well, and, like, we'll we'll get back to this very soon for the, the very next game, but... The guy who hit that bucket ends up having a pretty damn big game three. And it ends up mattering quite a lot over the course of the series, but uh regardless let's get to the fourth quarter the bucks win this one 30 to 25 ice the victory we get we get some real garbage time in this one which is always good to see the quarter opens with a blood so pick and roll which is weird and kind of rare but it it works for the easy bucket as pick and rolls with honest tend to do george hill like has a good game for sure some ugly missed threes in this game like very uncharacteristic like he hits some gets some ugly like blomp off the backboard threes and one of those happened early and it led to the Raptors getting another bucket, way too easy in transition. But, I mean, overall, like the 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 margin was too big, even with the big third quarter for the Raptors. The Bucks handle business early. They don't let Toronto go on a run. Nick Nurse ends up just pulling the plug here.
2: Yeah, Giannis just sort of comes out early. Him and Bledsoe, they just they're just putting the game away. They're putting the game on ice. And then after you know Giannis gets he gets 11 points in like just under seven minutes, and it's just it's over. Like like you said, yep. Nick Nurse sort of pulls the plug. He realizes, hey, you know, there's no point fighting this uh, for this lost cause because we we're down so much. Might as well just rest guys for Game Three, and so this game was essentially over. And we got garbage time in favor of Milwaukee, which you know
0: it's fun. Yeah, we get we get Tim Frazier, we get a headband signing. Yeah, we get All Tony
2: Snell DJ playing. We got the whole bench. Yeah, mob. DJ. No, the the second bench mob. What's the name of this? The garbage. That's just mean. <laughs> Uh, Um, because the bench mob is like patsy hill the cigar unit
0: the cigar cigar unit
2: uh yeah
0: Gar squad.
2: yeah no that's one
0: thing from this oh no go for it one thing i noticed from this quarter that i kind of wondered after seeing it like why didn't we see that all the time chris gets matched up with fred van vliet i always have to slow down to say his last name and just obviously, I mean, gets a really easy bucket because FVV is like like five feet flat or something, and, and Chris Middleton loves posting up small guys. How do we not see more of that in this series? Like, FVV is playing around the one or two. Chris is playing around the two or three. Like, that seems like it shouldn't be that hard to engineer. And I can't remember. I mean, maybe, I'll, maybe I just missed some. Maybe I'll see more going back. But it really feels like FVV did not get... Put through any sort of ringer defensively when I think he probably should have.
2: Yeah, he wasn't like the Bucks. They never really targeted players on defense. No, and if no, they, it,
0: if it if it happens randomly, like Chris will be the one guy who especially is hmm. like, all right. Chris this is, is the is a only bucket, guy but, that does it. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, like Giannis, if he, like Giannis will call for it, but like, but I think you're you're definitely correct in saying like as a team, like their philosophy is almost never let's go find this one weakness and exploit it.
2: No, it's always about like let's play our game and beat them. It it's just if you could target players when your game isn't working, you know maybe that's an option, like you know that's a plan B. But
0: it got the Cavs
2: a ring in twenty sixteen. Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah, that was definitely. It's always fun to see Chris just back someone down. It's just it's oh, so right. satisfying because uh, he it, it feels like he shoots like eighty percent on those minimum.
0: It really does. I mean, it's like one of his one of his bread and butter things to go to now with the pick and roll. That has made him the kind of player who is like a sustainable offensive option, even without Giannis on the floor.
2: Mm. It just it's it's him creating it's it's him being another creator on the floor because uh, you can't always rely on Giannis. You can't always rely on like Bledsoe to be sort of your offensive creators. So when neither of those two are on the floor, especially Giannis, uh, you need someone else who can you know, get their own shot. And Chris is more than capable of doing that. He's the second best option on the team to do that. But that's not something that was asked of him in this uh, season.
0: Correct. Um, do you have any other takes from this fourth quarter? Not
2: not really on the fourth quarter. Uh, but on the game as a whole? Unless you have something on the fourth quarter.
0: Um, I don't think I do.
2: Okay. I thought Milwaukee was winning the title after this game.
0: Oh, God, absolutely, yeah. I thought it was... Oh,
2: not Maybe maybe not the title. Actually, yeah, the title. I thought Milwaukee, after this game, I remember thinking, yep, the Bucks won the title.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if I was the title. I was still pretty worried about the Warriors. They didn't have KD back at that point. True. True, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess I thought they were winning the title. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely thought they were winning the series.
2: Yeah, for sure. I thought they were winning the series. I thought they were winning the title. I thought I thought they were doing the whole thing. I thought, I thought they could win even with KD on the Warriors, um, but without KD, I thought it was just if they get past this series, that's the cakewalk to the title, and it's it's really hard to necessarily go back and think about how you're feeling during that game, which I'm doing right now, um, <laughs> just. I just remember thinking, "Wow, it's actually going to happen."
0: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, like, "Oh, we're we're here now, huh?"
2: Yeah, we're here now cuz you're up 20 in the conference finals. You just blew the your opponent out by 22 points. You're feeling good. I I don't know. I thought they were winning it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly seemed like they were in the driver's seat to do that. Um, especially given that you know, the Raptors had barely gotten through the last series. Kawhi seemed a little iffy at points. Well, obviously, like you said, he was terrific in that third quarter. But, I mean, you know now, if you take one of the next two, you're in such a, a, a an advita- an advantageous, excuse me, position, especially if you can take game three. Game three, it's like you get the 3-0 lead. It's over. All of a sudden, you can basically shut the door on this thing. Yeah, if,
2: it, if you go up 3-0, it's essentially over
0: yeah and it's never come back from i believe
2: no it's never been come back from so if you go up 3-0 in the series you're you're done like you you've won this series and after you blow out a team by 22 and then you know try to go up 3-0 you you sort of think you're winning this series and i don't know i don't that know is, i don't know uh... if uh people know this or not but that did not happen <laughs> uh
0: in fact it is not what happened correct um but yeah otherwise no I don't think I have anything else from this game but I'm glad I'm glad you did you did veer us to that because yeah that is true that is definitely I think what everybody was very very confident in Bucks Nation at this point that Milwaukee was in the driver's seat which just to put a, a little bit of a silver lining optimist take on the whole thing or whatever it's very positive and and astounding that this team was in that driver's seat position and I think we both agree and a lot of smart people agree, the Bucks are like significantly better than they were last season now. So I guess that's the one positive take is this Bucks team is even better than that Bucks team and that Bucks team was this close to winning this close to going at least to the finals.
2: Yeah. That's that you know what, that's definitely a really good silver lining. And unless you have anything else, I think that's a good place to wrap this up.
0: I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. No, I do not have anything else for
2: okay. it. Okay, well, in that case, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Binge the Bucks here on the Eurostep. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And Make sure you tell your family and friends about the show. Uh, make sure you check out all of the good content being put out across the Blue Wire podcast network during this time where you know you might be a little bored and you might want to listen to some stuff. Check something out. You'll find something that fits your needs. Um, and I guess all I have to say now is please stay safe and we will talk to you next time.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.